welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, everyone. Glad you could join us this morning. Today we're talking about a prayer of thanks. How do we give thanks? How do we uh, be thankful? This is an important part of the Christian life and one that we overlook far too often, in my opinion. Um, or sometimes we just pay lip service to it. We say we're going to be thankful or we, we give thanks on Thanksgiving, but it doesn't really integrate well into our lives. And if you search the Bible uh, online in an online version, you will find many, many, many hits for the word thanks or thanksgiving or thankful. Um, depending what version you search, you may find thousands. It's a premier topic in the Bible. But, uh, you know, we, we see um, some of the people in the Bible giving prayers of thanks, right? Um, David in the Psalms, he writes, a lot of uh, psalms of thankfulness. Uh, the other psalmists write some, some great psalms of thankfulness. Jesus gives thanks for the happy meal that he gets, and he's about to feed 5,000 men and maybe as many women and children and have more left over than he started with. Uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah give thanks. Uh, Peter and Paul talk about thankfulness a lot in the New Testament. And and there's probably even places in the Bible where thanks is given or, um, you know, people are thankful, but they don't use that word. Um, it's hard to imagine that Daniel doesn't give a prayer of thanks after being protected from the lion's den, or his friends, Rakshak and Benny, that they don't give a prayer of thanks for um, being saved from the fiery furnace. Uh, these guys had such an, a tight relationship with God, it's hard to imagine they wouldn't have said thanks. Um, Noah tumbles out of the ark after about a year of being in the ark and builds an altar. By the way, that's the first time we see an altar built in the Bible. Noah builds the first altar and worships God. And we don't know what he said and what was involved in that worship, but I, he had to say thank you, right? Thanks for bringing us through that. That was a biggie. We appreciate it, God. And so there's just a lot of examples of, of thanks in the Bible. But the one we're going to look at today is um, special, I think. Um, Pastor hinted about it on the first week. He talked about Hannah. Um, and uh, just a real quick refreshers, as you know, Hannah is the mother of Samuel. Hannah was married um, and to Elkanah, and there was another wife, Peniah. And Hannah lived in a time where it was considered a blessing to have lots of children. If you had lots of children, God had blessed you. And conversely, if you didn't have children... You were cursed, right? And Hannah didn't have any children. And Peniah had lots of children. 
And Elkanah tries to be a good husband. I mean, he really tries. He tells Hannah, I love you more than 10 sons. He gives her extra stuff. He's trying, but she just cannot be consoled that she doesn't have children. And Paniah makes her life miserable. The Bible says year after year, she tormented her. So this goes on for a long time. And, and Hannah is just having a rough time. And they would go up to the temple every year. Apparently they lived some distance from the temple and they'd go up to the temple to worship. Maybe it's one of the celebration days or uh, feast days. And uh, she would pray year after year for a child. Now, one year she's in there praying and, um, a little bit of history here. Um, if you've ever watched observant Jews pray, like maybe at the Wailing Wall in, in Israel, there's they involve their whole body. It would have been common to stand and pray and raise your hands and pray and walk around and pray and rock and pray, sway side to side and pray. They would involve their whole bodies. And so Hannah is praying. She is desperate. She's trying so hard. She's praying and praying and praying. And it would, wouldn't surprise me if she was rocking a lot or swaying a lot. The Bible says her lips were moving, but no words were coming out. And so the priest sees her, Eli, and he says, man, you, you're drunk, woman. You shouldn't be drunk here in the temple. And immediately she says, no, I am not drunk. I'm praying. I'm asking God for something. And the Bible doesn't tell us that she tells him what she's asking for. She just says she's praying. And Eli says, well, you know, may God answer your prayers and go on home. You've prayed enough. And so she does. And she gets pregnant. Now, when she was there praying, she made a vow to God that she would give the child over to his work. And so when she has the child, it comes time to go to the, the, the temple and she doesn't go. She says, you know, not until the child is weaned. And so she misses at least one year going to the temple, maybe more. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, children might've been weaned a little bit later in, in that time frame. Um, you know, they didn't have Gerber baby food or whatever that they could feed to the babies. And so maybe they went a little longer before they were weaned. We don't know exactly, but she, she misses a year or two of going to the temple. And then she goes to the temple and turns her son over to Eli and um, his work. And she goes to the temple to pray. And in first Samuel, uh, chapter two, right there at the top, we have her prayer. And I want to read through it. It's, it's 10 verses. Um, I hope that, that, um, we'll get something from this. There's a little point I want to make here. Two times she uses this term horn and she says, you know, the Lord, my horn is lifted high at one time. She's not talking about her trombone or her trumpet or her tuba or whatever. Um, there's a little, footnote there next to that in my Bible. And that means that uh, when you look down at the bottom, it says that means strength. 
So she's talking about her strength. I guess it's a, a saying they use when they talk about their horn, they're talking about their strength. So let's read her prayer real quick and see what it says. It says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn, or my strength, is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your de- deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed down. The bowels of the warriors are broken, but those who stumble are armed with strength. Those who are full hire themselves out for food, but those who are hungry are hungry no more. She who is barren has borne seven children, but she has many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth, and he humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He sets them with princes and has in them an inherent a throne of honor. Has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On him he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. For those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge to the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn or strength of his anointed. Wow. What an amazing prayer. What just, I mean, we could spend weeks going through this because this is just a phenomenal prayer of thanks. I encourage you to read it a couple times. And I know we kind of blew through it there quick. Um, but go back and read that this week or this afternoon sometime. because It's just amazing. Today, we're going to pull kind of three points out of it. And like I said, we could spend time and, and pull a whole bunch more. But the first one is that she gives thanks to God, the giver. Hannah gives thanks to God, the giver. And she gives thanks to God because he is the giver. He gives us all things. And all things come from him. And Hannah reminds us of that, right? Um now she's presented her son to Eli, and she gives thanks to the Lord, and she's looking at the giver, not her son or the gift that she has gotten. Do you see the difference there? That's really important. She's thankful to the giver. She's not thankful for the gift. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm sure she loves her son and that she's thankful for her son. But when it comes time to talk to God, the giver, she's thankful to the giver. She graces, she gazes upon God and says, wow. Right? It says, my strength is lifted high in the Lord. Let me put it this way. She doesn't say, oh God, you answered my prayers. Oh God, I prayed so long and I prayed so hard and you finally answered my prayers. You may have met somebody that says things like that. And, and 
I'm not trying to call anybody out or, or put anybody down or anything because usually these people mean well. They say, you know, God answered my prayers. And it wasn't that great that he answered my prayers. And I prayed for so many years for my kids. Or I prayed for so many years for my spouse. Or I prayed for so many years for my parents. My dad was not a Christian. I prayed for years and years and years. And eventually on his deathbed, he gave his heart to Jesus. And God answered my prayer. And, and these people mean well. But see, it kind of puts them at the middle. It was my prayer. And I prayed so hard, and God answered my prayer. And Hannah comes back and says, oh, no, 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 How could you be so gracious to me? Who am I that you would do this for me? God, you are amazing. And it's a whole different way of looking at it. Look at what she says. My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my strength is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your difference, in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. See, her eyes are on a God who gives abundantly. And that should be the foundation of our thanks. All of our blessings, everything comes from God. Um, we deserve not so great, right? We're sinners. We deserve punishment and death. But God gives us grace. And how amazing is that? We should be thankful for that and be giving him thanks for that. So when we give thanks to God, the first thing to remember is to be thankful to the giver for his graciousness, for how he has been thankful to us or how he's been gracious to us. The second thing we can learn from this is to give thanks to God for his faithfulness. Give thanks to God for his faithfulness. Once we focus on the Lord's gracious hand, we see how much that he has given us, how much he has done for us. To simply put it, God has always been faithful to us in his grace. And realizing this truth makes our appreciation deeper and richer. You ever know somebody who, who may be generous sometimes, but not others? You know, you go to one restaurant and he leaves a generous tip, but you go somewhere else and he doesn't. Or, um, you know, he may be gracious to uh, somebody at work, but not to somebody that he meets on the street or whatever. He's all, he's all over the place. He would be inconsistent and you never know what to expect. God is not like that. God is always gracious. He's always consistent. He is always faithful. He is the same. And Hannah recognizes this and, and talks about it. In Starting about verse 4, and if you let me kind of loosely summarize what she's saying, she's, she talks about, hey, listen, God's going to embarrass those who are arrogant and full of themselves, and they think they're strong, and, and he's going to take care of them. 
But those who, um, you know, are weak and need the help, God will be with them. Right? Did, did you catch all that? I mean, that's what she's talking about here. If we start at verse four, the bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumble are armed with strength. Those who are full have enough to eat. They're content with the things of the world. Hire themselves out for food. But those who are hungry are hungry for something besides what's in this world are hungry no more. She who is bare has seven children. She who has many sons pines away. I mean, this is just amazing what she's talking about here. Um, and, and her, her prayers is kind of gathering steam as she goes along. You know, it starts out with this thanks to God and, and it becomes a, a very intellectual prayer almost talking about how much God does and how he, um, takes care of people. And, um, then she moves on to life and death and heaven. And, uh, she explains it even further and, you know, she talks about God setting the pillars of the earth. And it's just crazy everything that she talks about here. But the point I want you to grasp is that thanks to our God cannot be occasional. It cannot be something that we do sometimes. It can't just be something that we do when we're happy or when something good happens to us. When we happen to remember, oh, I got to tell God, thank you for that. Our Praise and our thanks should be continuous, flowing out every day of things that we are thankful for and of the giver who gives us those things. Because God is faithful throughout our life. We can't complain to God one minute and then be giving him thanks the next. We need to be consistent in our thanks, just like God's faithfulness is consistent. Last thing I want to talk about is um, we got to give thanks to God for his promise. We got to give thanks to God for his promise. Now, <clears throat> if we go back to, to the words of Hannah, we hear her praying in verses 9 and 10. She's, she's talking about God will guard the feet of his faithful ones and he will judge the ends of the earth, giving strength to his king and exalt the horn or strength of his anointed. Now, if first time you read that, you don't think too much of it. When you read back and, and look at this, this is truly an amazing ending to this prayer because this word she uses in Hebrew for anointed, that's the Hebrew word for Messiah. And Hannah is talking about giving strength to his king and exalting the strength of the Messiah. This is the first known instance in the whole Bible of somebody talking about the Messiah. And it's Hannah in her prayer. Now, Hannah's a nobody, right? I mean, I don't mean to cut her down or anything, but Hannah's a nobody 
she was a woman in a time where women had very few rights. Fortunately, she seems to be in a, a good relationship with her husband, um, someone that really loves her and takes care of her and helps her as best he can. But she's not born into a family of prominence or importance or wealth or anything else. She is an average Joe just like all of us. If we looked around our church, we're all average Joes. Most of us, I would dare say all of us are not famous. We're not wealthy, you know, maybe by some people's standards, but not by American standards, right? We, we don't, we're not millionaires and billionaires. We're just average people trying to get by in our life, just exactly like Hannah, just trying to get by. But somehow she understands that the Messiah is going to be coming and that, you know, we should be honoring him. I don't know where she gets this other than God reveals it to her. It's amazing, partially because Hannah is so grateful and understands who God is. But she testifies that all believers that give thanks to God will be blessed by the Lord and will know his will. No matter whether we're educated or not, no matter whether we went to seminary or not, no matter whether we got the highest IQ or not, we were head of our class or not, the Spirit will teach us the things about God, our Messiah. And knowing God's will will help us. And I'm sure Hannah got a lot of grief for handing over her son at such a young age, maybe three, two, three, four, five, I don't know. But he was a very young boy. Might have been tempted to say, um, you know, I, I need to raise my child and teach him the things before I, you know, give him over to God's work. He needs to go to school and graduate. You can have him when he's 18, right? But no, she keeps her promise and hands him over. Now, you guys may remember that Eli didn't do such a hot job raising his two own sons, and everybody knew that. And everybody might have made fun of her or looked at her like, you're crazy. Why are you giving your son to Eli to raise? Have you not seen Eli's sons? Right? And I wonder why Hannah, for so many years, got a weight to her answer, which seemed like a no to her probably. But maybe it was because God didn't want little Samuel growing up with Eli's sons. Wait till they're older. Kind of out of the house, so to speak. And give Samuel a fresh start. I don't know. I don't know. But we know that God does answer her prayer in his time when it was right. It seemed like it took too long for Hannah, but I'm sure for God's timing, it was right, right? If we know that God is the giver and gives us all the grace we need, 
We know he has always been the same. He has been faithful in his grace towards us. And that, when we give thanks for that, will enable us to understand who he is. Amazing story of thanks comes from Hannah. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the things that you are doing for us in our lives, Lord. Help us to be thankful the way Hannah was thankful. Help us to understand your will and to get on the same page as you, Lord. Thank you for everything that you're doing for us, Lord. Help us to be so thankful. Help us to to be the kind of people that are just continually giving you thanks, Lord. Be with us this week. Keep us safe and bring us back again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. See you next week. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.